0: Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at SunburyMotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai, best of in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory. For the Sunbury Motors guarantee, it's all Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com time now for our play-by-play call of the day Pete Alonzo of the Mets with a milestone And Alonzo Rockets one to deep left center field forget that that is way out of here Pete Alonzo his 100th career home run Number 31 of the year, two-run shot for Alonzo. He's homered in back-to-back games. He's hit triple digits for his career, and the Mets have the early lead in Miami as they score in the first inning for a fifth straight game. Yeah, that's Gary Cohn with a call on SMY. And uh, Pete Alonzo with his 100th career home run with his third catch in Saturday's game. Jahan Dotson will hit 100 career catches. But i throw that in there. So, Penn State Football, put this out. This is fun. Narrated by Aeneas Hawkins.
0: Dear Nittany Nation, we've missed you. The roar of our crowd, the sea of blue and white throughout Happy Valley. We've missed the songs, the cheers, the traditions. Seeing our family when our bus comes in. Let's get him tonight, guys. Playing in front of the greatest fans in the world. Your passion is our power. Your energy is our drive. We are prepared for your return to Beaver Stadium. Where generations of Penn Staters come together on fall saturdays sharing and making memories that last a lifetime each day we are closer to being together again at the greatest show in sports not place at far side 40 he's going to get a blocked outfield for George, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown
1: Penn State!
0: Nittany Nation welcome back we are
1: Waited 21 and a half months. And finally on Saturday, we get to come together again. How about that? 21 and a half months. Good job by the Hawk, by the way. I think it's Hawkins. Who bluntly said one day at a quarterback club meeting, I said, what do you want to do with your career? And he said, I want your job. I said, thank you.
2: <laughs> I can't wait to see the crowd.
1: I know I can't. Um, it is, you know, you think about what a football Saturday is, and it's much, much more than, I mean, the game is the centerpiece of all of it. It is the reason for being there. But what Penn State football has evolved into over the years <coughs> excuse me, starting with what Joe created in the 60s when that stadium was 46,000. then went to 60,000. They're trying to figure out how to get more people in. Kept on winning and got it to 78,000. Kept on winning and got it up to 85, 86,000 built that deck at the one end got it up to 96 Then 20 years ago finally finishing the south end zone and making it 107 plus now the job that James Franklin has done taking the program you know un- unjustifiably knocked down. Unjustifiably knocked down by another entity, and the the way he's been able to bring it back. Well, now, of course, in the process of trying to make the next big step, not just not just being, hey, they got ten wins, hey, they got eleven wins, like they you know they want more. They need to have more, and part of that is getting the fans back in the stadium. Uh, <clears throat> trying to think. I was riding down the elevator today with fans at the stadium. And they wanted to, uh, uh, you know, ask me about being, you know, what it was like having fans back last Saturday. Or, you know, something about it. It's some general thing. And I said, you know, about doing, you must be excited doing games again, something like that. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, but I mean, Jack and I did every game last year. I said, we traveled. And they said, yeah, no one was there. I said, yeah, I've got this picture of Michigan of 111,000 empty seats. I said, having people back is incredible. And I think, you know, I thought, you know, James made an interesting point. And, uh, you know, I realized that there's going to be different levels of of how people feel about it right now. Rich Scarcella, when he was on the show yesterday, was talking about that in his own home, there's somebody that is immune compromised. So he has a level of caution about crowds and games and things like that. I completely understand that. Anybody who doesn't completely understand that has no level of sensitivity to them. But well, boy, I, I would love to see them get a sellout streak going here. That would be phenomenal. Because the impact that each one of you has on a game when you go is just remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. You impact the goal line stand. You impact a big moment. You impact their offense. You impact your defense. You give your offense a big boost. When things aren't quite going the way you want, you can give that emotional jolt when they come back onto the field. You do all of that. But it's the tailgating, it's the camaraderie, it's the team entrance. It's getting your seat in the stadium and, and and being a part of not just the atmosphere, but being a part of the game, being a part of the action. The part of the ambiance. All okay. right? You, you know, in that one, there, it was John Dotson's touchdown catch against uh, Purdue a couple of years ago. And he brings it in you can hear the crowd going crazy in the background which just takes the entire excitement of everything and ratchets it up to another level it's the going back into the parking lot and tailgating and enjoying yourselves after the game because it's an event oh and you're complaining about the play calling and you're complaining about the officiating and you're saying how much you love how this guy played or how that guy played or you know whatever it's just being back together. You know, the people in front in front of Jack and myself on Saturday, there were a couple of Penn State fans that were down in front of us, but of course, naturally, they were almost all Wisconsin fans. But my goodness, they were having a good time. Now the game didn't turn out the way I wanted. All right, I understand that. But they were having a good time, and you know, and they're high fiving each other. And then when they did jump around at the end of the third quarter, which is their signature at Camp Randall, always has been, they hadn't done that in 21 months. It's just all part of, like, we're, as human beings, it's okay to have fun. You don't need permission from anybody to have fun. I mean, life's serious enough during the course of the week. Everybody needs a release to have a good time. You know, you want to paint your face. You want to put a Nittany line decal on your face. You want to, you know, wear your garb to the game, whatever it may be. Get into the band. The blue band's a pivotal part of the experience. Cheerleaders are a pivotal part of the experience, and the mic man... Right? the dance team is a pivotal part of the experience it's all part of the experience it's okay to have fun it's okay to let loose the people I saw on Saturday had fun and let loose it didn't turn out the way they wanted to ultimately Penn State was the one that had the last slow, uh, bastion of fun in the game but do you think anybody out there regretted going to the game no. They've been aching to get out and do something fun. Be, a, go out there and have 107,000 people as one. Yeah, there'll be some people from Muncie that will come in from Muncie, Indiana. You know, we'll come in. You know, you know two, three thousand fans for Ball State. Whatever, that's fine. But you got almost 107,000 people in there, all with one common feeling. They want the team wearing the blue jerseys to win the doggone game. And, man, that's fun. It's okay to have fun. Every time we turn around, there's something serious, something bad, something serious, something bad. It's okay to enjoy yourselves and have fun. And don't let anybody tell you it's not. Now, always respect somebody who has concerns. That's their choice. Always. I always respect people's choices. Always have. As you know. Over and over. Whatever your choice happens, it's fine. But when it comes down to this, for those who choose to go, go and knock yourselves out. Have a blast. Can't wait to see you on Saturday. I'd love to see a sellout streak start. We'd love it. I think it would be great. And anybody who's staying away because they have a concern, total respect. I get it. Yeah. mean, hey, Dave Ritchie was sitting six feet apart from the suit before the pandemic. I mean, this has just reinforced Dave's choices at F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul Why why they sit so far apart? It's better for Dave. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: I think it's one of those calls that, that could go either way if they didn't call it. Um, I think people would understand that. I think if you do call it, you know, you're essentially, you know, making some, I think, some changes in the way the rule had been officiated in the past when it came to a ball carrier. So, you know, it's one of those calls. I get it. If I was wearing the officials' hat um, and not being biased as the as the Penn State head football coach, I probably would not have uh, called it. Uh, but I get it. Protecting the student athletes and protecting the game. Uh, but I do think there's going to need to be a, probably at the end of the season, a discussion where we get coaches and officials and the AFCA involved and, and, and really just sit down and talk it all through uh, with the doctors as well um, and, and make some decisions.
1: That's on the Ellis Brooks play. I mean, Jack and I both felt that based on the Ohio State-Minnesota game, he was going to get tossed. But didn't agree with the call. And I didn't agree with it for this reason. I think that – let's take a look look at this for a moment. If a play is helmet-to-helmet helmet, and there's no movement by the ball carrier to change position, helmet-to-helmet, helmet, absolutely. Um, leading with the crown of the helmet, right, Absolutely. But when it's incidental, which this was, Mertz kind of put his head down a little bit, and Ellis Brooks is hitting the shoulder. Well, now you're changing. When the runner is changing the target area and making it a much smaller area, that's got to be taken into account. Uh, You know, the receiver that catches it goes, you know, all of a sudden, like, tucks down, like, ducks down to that fetal position going to the turf. And a guy's coming in to make a play, and, you know, he's already, right? If you're launching yourself, that needs to be targeting. But if it's incidental, no. There's going to be better judgment on incidental, and there's going to be better judgment on the runner lowering their head into the position and causing it to happen. Tom Brady's right. Tom, you know, Tom Brady has said a lot of very insightful things in the last week. One of them is he was talking about, look, I throw the ball over the middle, and I throw the ball out too far, and he's reaching, and all of a sudden, my, you know, I put my receiver in a bad spot, and he gets tagged. He said that's actually on me. I threw the ball in the wrong spot, and I caused him to get tagged. That's football. That's how I view it. I, I want the game to be as safe as possible. I realize there are accommodations to it. But what Ellis Brooks did was not spearing or targeting. Uh, and he can't play the first half this week. But I, 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 I don't know. Uh, that, this rule has been baffling for, to me for a long time. By the way, T.J. Watt did practice today for the Steelers. I'm wondering if they have an agreement in principle. And maybe tomorrow being the opening day of the NFL season, maybe they'll announce it tomorrow. But he practiced today for the Steelers. Actually, with the squad, full workout, the whole deal. So he did practice. Um, You probably have not been watching the U.S. Open Tennis Championship. Most people don't. Uh, Over... Time that's you know, tennis has become a sport that I'm you know, that yeah, you know who wins, but even when it comes to the big matches, a lot of people um, don't watch as much tennis as they used to. Okay, uh, the uh. But have you seen the the conduct of some of the players in this tournament? It's been it's been either through highlights or whatever it's been crazy to watch. It really has been the like Alcatraz Carlos Alcatraz he's eighteen years old. he goes out last night and he's playing. And he tells uh, Brad Gilbert before he goes out, you know, I know he had a tough 5 set Oh, no, no, I'm really ready, blah, 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 blah. Goes out, loses the first set. Down three, one, second set. Walks over, says, I'm done. You're done? You're finished? You have players going and taking long bathroom breaks in between sets. Now, you need the bathroom break, but, like, they're taking a long time you have rackets being smashed in frustration or whatever. You know, you've got all these people sitting there that paid a mint to be there. They get a bottle of water on the property, $10. You know? Get their meal or whatever. Right? Who knows how much that cost. And I'm going to settle and watch some tennis and at 3-1 this guy retires for no apparent reason. Oh, but I'm supposed to understand. Nami Osaka was like smacking rackets on Friday night all over the place. I as the fan though am expected to understand. okay I mean mean, what am I watching here I know we all have to be understanding and be compassionate about the athletes mental health I've got that but where's the obligation to to the people who paid their money to get in i'm retiring it's 3-1 you're retiring it's 3-1 i'm done you're 18 years old like the, the family of four is sitting over there saying we paid how much for these tickets where's the compassion and understanding for the for them they're the only reason you're playing
0: taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motors studio here's steve jones
1: sunbury motors 4th street in sunbury sunbury motors kia roots 11 and 15 hummels wharf online at SunburyMotors.com com. ford lincoln kia hyundai great new inventory fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sales staff that works with you. a great time for trade-ins and a fabulous service department. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, all right. Uh, maybe by the end of next week... I believe we'll hear about the possibility of the Big 12 expanding. And it looks like uh, UCF, Cincinnati, BYU, and Houston will be the four. They've all applied to it. They'll probably be, um, 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 and that may, I mean, the key is, will the SEC stop expanding? At some point, you you get to be too big, and it becomes unmanageable. But my big question about the Big Twelve moving forward um, is going to be: uh, How do you look at the Big Twelve? They will probably retain their Power Five status, but that does—I don't think that's going to mean much for them. Because their TV contract is going to be up in 2025. At that point, each school will be making 40 million per school, and even with the addition of big market programs, Houston, Cincinnati, big markets, Orlando, big market, Salt Lake City, decent sized market, you're going to have. Um, it's not going to be as attractive TV wise. industry experts say the new per team revenue couldn't end up being 20 to 25 million per year that's going to be a cut for everybody across the board so you're talking about a cut of 15 to 20 million per year for being in the big 12. Now for those who are moving up UCF Cincinnati, Houston, the American, and again, Mike Oresco does this adorable little thing like we're Power Six, blah, 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 blah. Mike, nobody's listening. Your mouth's moving. Nobody's listening. Everybody knows the truth. Um, for UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, this is going to be Bonanza Day. They're only getting $7 a school from the Power Six American. But for the other eight schools, it's going to be a big drop. With big decisions that have to be made in athletic departments, when you're losing 15 to 20 million in revenue per year, those six schools, though excuse me, those eight schools are going to lose a lot of money. Um, Now BYU, they have issues that have to be addressed, which some of them have been. Number one, it's a faith based institution. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But they don't play on Sunday. Now, that doesn't mean anything for football, but it means something for basketball and your other sports. As we we're talking about, what's the traditional time to have certain events? Some of them are on Sundays for some of these sports. Uh, that issue, I guess, from my understanding, has been resolved. And also the LGBTQ. Uh, community has had concerns about BYU, but they have now participated in an NCAA initiative called Common Ground. So it looks like that's going to be okay for them getting in. But I think even though it would make it Power 69, which means of the 130 Division I FBS schools, more than half now for the first time ever will be in that power group. <clears throat> but I'm not so sure um, that yeah, you may have the designation but your odds of getting into the playoff are long and your odds of getting more than one program into a New Year's Six are also long because you have a gigantic perception problem. You may be power five in name only. And you're definitely only going to be power, you're a power five in name only financially. The per team revenue could be as low as $20 million per school. For the new schools coming in, it is bonanza day. That means Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston will be tripling their money they will look around and go, I can't believe this is the greatest thing going. BYU, I don't know what as an independent they're bringing in, so that I don't know. So I can't address that. But for the eight remaining schools from the existing Big 12, this is going to be a huge issue. What do I now do with my finances? Because I had $40 million, now I got 20. You know, starting in 2026. What do I do now? How do I keep everything together? Do I have to make cuts? What does it do for my sports structure? I know there are a lot of great wrestling fans in our area. Iowa State and Oklahoma State have to make hard decisions as to what to do with their wrestling programs if they're getting half the money TV-wise they got before. I mean, they may want to keep their wrestling programs, which I'm sure is their absolute desire. So then where else do you cut to make sure that you can keep yourself financially intact? That's a big problem for these schools moving forward. Texas and Oklahoma were the financial bell cows of the Big 12. They were the reasons two of the major reasons that networks lined up and said we want to carry some Big 12 games. There aren't as many reasons anymore. I know Iowa State's going to play Iowa this week. Game Day, in fact, is going to be there for that game. Okay, Big deal. Iowa State with Matt Campbell's done very well. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Had their usual inexplicable I can't believe they didn't get out of the gate quicker game. For some reason, Iowa State seems to do that a lot. But you know, but moving forward, I mean, do you end up keeping your coaches because it's a less desirable job? I you know, those are big questions. I am so glad that Penn State doesn't have to face these questions. Um, for some odd reason, every time Kevin Warren gets interviewed by somebody, anybody, he never gets asked about the TV contract. He's at a press conference. Never gets to... It's the single most important thing he has going right now. Whether he's doing it, Barry Alvarez is doing it, Mark Rudner is doing it, somebody. That's the single most important thing that this this commissioner needs to be doing right now. Alliances are adorable. That's fine. All right. So maybe big picture down the road. But you need to have, you you need to have your TV contract taken care of. You're the first one up. Your primary job is to get as much as you can for your clientele, for your membership. And I don't expect the commissioner of the Big Ten to volunteer information like that. I don't. I do expect us as media members to ask him about it. Now, he can then answer it any way he wishes, either avoid it or circle around it or whatever. But you need to be asked. He's never been asked. That contract needs to be in place, mm, I don't know, a year, 14 months from now. That's what needs to be in place. means they got to be talking now about it. They've got to, you know, the, your current rights holders all have open periods to negotiate. To Do what they can do. And whatever you can do in a positive way, can then blunt anything the SEC's doing. If you can compete financially toe-to-toe with them, which other conferences can't do, Pac-12 won't be able to do it, ACC can't do it, ACC's locked into a bad contract that goes another 15 years, Um, and the Big 12 absolutely can't do it. The Big Ten is the only conference that financially can go toe-to-toe with the Southeastern Conference to the point where there's been a real feel that the SEC and the Big Ten have created now a real separation with the other three because of the money involved. Openers tomorrow, Dallas and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matt's excited. He's been waiting for Cowboy Ball all year. Waiting for them to get hammered. Oh, you have a lot of hate in you.
2: But in, in all series, though, looking at this objectively, I like Tampa outright tomorrow night.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I think everybody does. I mean, Tampa has almost everybody back.
2: They have everybody back. Literally everybody back on the roster and the coaching staff. Now there's no Zach sure. Martin for the Cowboys. Tampa Bay wins not, this, hands down.
1: I'm not sure. that uh, Chris Godwin's iffy for the game. He is, yes. Uh, uh, going in. Um, but... I'm not big on Dallas to begin with. Same. uh, But it's going to draw a great rating. It's the NFL opener. Dallas does draw ratings. And Brady draws ratings. So, I mean, simple as that. Why is Dallas on as many uh, primetime games as possible? They draw a rating. I mean, you're a network You're sitting around saying, look, uh, I need viewers. That's why, for example, the uh, the Falcons-Eagles game is nothing. Is that game even on TV? It is, and surprising. I'm just just
2: kidding. But you know what was on the call for that game, though? Kevin Burkhart. They gave him, I didn't think, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, like, CD uh, broadcast teams. What, t- what time's that game, Sunday? It's a 1 o'clock game. 1 o'clock game. Because right. the late game Joe and Troy will be at is Green Bay-New Orleans.
1: Right. Yeah, CBS doesn't want the late game in the opening because they have the U.S. Open cha- Tennis Championship, men's final.
2: Well, they do have it because Jim Nance and Tony Romo oh, are going to playing kansas what? City.
1: That's right, yeah, Cincinnati, that's right. Uh, ESPN actually has that, which means it's nobody's going to watch it. Correct. Iron right. Eagle, ESPN, Charles Davis for
2: Pittsburgh at Buffalo, by the way.
1: That's a better game than Browns-Kansas City, isn't it?
2: Mm, they're both equally pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah probably right. I mean, nobody played anybody in the preseason. Somebody knows who's who's any good. You know, it's like gonna be a lot of rust out there. Now, fortunately, as Merrill pointed out yesterday, fortunately, um, Jalen Hurts got 10 plays in. No?
2: (laughs) He was in rare form. He was on fire. He was hysterical. He had me howling yesterday.
1: Wow. The Jacksonville Jaguars have named their team captains. And Trevor Lawrence is one of them. Wow. Oh my almighty. How about that? chick football is named the suit as an honorary game captain, is that true. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spell's foul! Duh. Oh, they did that for the first game when they didn't score? Oh, yeah. They didn't do enough to spur them. He may go go insane. Has has Shicklemy scored a touchdown this year?
2: Yeah, they they had 13 on the board last week at Loyal Sox.
1: Oh, okay. So the the suit has done the touchdown Shicklemy thing.
2: But in three games he's called, one Bucknell and two Shick, it's only been 13 points combined through three games he's called. Um, and unfortunately I don't think that's going to change this weekend for either squad
1: um, does uh, does anybody wonder if maybe it's him he might even wonder the same thing oh no he doesn't he thinks he's he's immune (laughs) to everything get the lingerie on the deck call the janitor I, mean, I feel like we're working with the Jerry Jones of broadcasting. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: You know, this is a game that requires sacrifice, dedication, discipline, and focus. You know, it's a game of
1: failure. It teaches you teamwork. It teaches you humility. The one common thread with all of us here on stage is that we understand that there's no one individual bigger than the game. The game goes on, and it goes on because of the great fans we have. So take care of it, protect it, respect it, don't take the time you have to play for granted. And remember the most important thing, like I said earlier, it's more than just a game. You know, the greatest to ever play in the Hall of Fame family. They're all watching. And I personally can't wait to welcome a few of
0: you on this very stage, just as I, as I have been by so many others. So thank you all once again. It's, it's been a it's been a hell of a ride.
1: Derek Jeter reading the speech. No more Garcia Parish should have had. I'm scared. <laughs> uh, great, great player. Always played the game right. Always played the game well. And was a credit to the game every day he went out there. Credit to the game. Well-raised. Great family. And uh, Derek Jeter, a phenomenal player. Easy Hall of Famer. Easy. Uh, Let's see. Did you see that uh, Sam Bam Cunningham passed away? He's only seventy-one. And he was at USC, and USC went to play Alabama. Oh yikes! I want to say seventy-one, maybe. Um, and you know. It was a team that, for example, had Jimmy Jones was their quarterback, Clarence Davis was their running back. Davis was really the star. Uh, And when USC played Alabama, September 12th, uh, 1970, I'm trying to think, maybe it was 72. 72 team, I think. It was the first major college football game in the state of Alabama that included a fully integrated team. And Cunningham had a phenomenal game that night. He had 135 yards. He scored two touchdowns. Um, And... Jerry Claiborne, who was you know he was the coach at Maryland for years. He had that wide tackle six who so he's played at Maryland. Who played, by the way, or excuse me, uh, coach with Bear Bryant at one point said that Sam Cunningham did more to integrate Alabama in 60 minutes than Martin Luther King did in 20 years. That was his quote. And I think it was '71 this happened. And It did change a lot of things down south. It changed a lot of attitudes down south about... And it also... I'll tell you where it also changed. It changed a lot for Grambling, Florida A&M, Jackson State, where the historically black universities were getting some phenomenal players because... The state institutions, the bigger, the power five institutions in the South, oh no, no, we're not going to do that. Which, of course, is just so wrong on, a, on every level. Cunningham ended up, by the way, having a really good career with the Patriots in the NFL. Um, he was a big reason that, that helping get the Patriots back actually started their run to get into the playoffs is a big part of that. He's a good player. He had four touchdowns in a Rose Bowl game. But, yeah, that USC team went into, I think the game was in Birmingham. I think it was at Legion Field. And the Alabama fan base was watching this going, holy cow. Sam Bam Cunningham was only 71. That's too young. It's too young, Matt. It's too young. Absolutely. Too young. Great player. I'll tell you, Clarence Davis was actually the real star of that backfield. Clarence Davis had a game against Notre Dame. I'm sorry, Michelle Mertzi. I'm sorry to bring up the Clarence Davis. (laughs) I mean, what a player he was. Or Anthony Davis, I mean. What a player he was. Yikes.